Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laheart.ie for their latest offers. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear from you. Our text number is 083 311 That text number works for WhatsApp messages as well, 083 You can also contact us via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport. Lots to come on tonight's show. We'll be looking back on the November Sports Star of the Month. We'll be announcing that winner later in tonight's show. We've rugby. Uh, mixed fortunes mixed bag for the Tipperary sides in the AIL we've lots of local football as well to talk about with Barry Ryan and we'll be looking back on the Mona Lean Ross Gray match which took place at the weekend as well disappointment for Ross Gray because it finished Mona Lean 122 Ross Gray 18 points but before we go any further some very sad news reached us over the course of the weekend and that is the untimely and sad death of Michael O'Mara and listeners to Tip FM for a long time will know Michael was part of the Tip FM sports team for many, many years. In fact, when I first came to Tip FM 20-something years ago, Michal was very instrumental in forging my career in the station. So my thanks to him for all his help and assistance over those many years he was here with us. But most listeners will know him as the Secretary of the South Board for an eternity, it seemed. He was such a great servant to the South Board for so many years. And one text has come in from the parish of Grange, Moakler, Ballyneil. They'd like to extend our deepest condolences to Nora, his wife, and extended O'Mara family on the sad passing of Michael. Michael O'Mara was a legend of the GA in South Tipperary. He was a gentleman of the highest order in his dealings with our club for over a quarter of a century. Our division and the entire county is in a much poorer place without Michael. May he rest in peace. And that comes in from a texter in Grange, Moakler, and Ballyneil. Ariesde Gorev Anam. And we will be paying tribute to Michael later on in tonight's show and uh, we extend our condolences to Nora and uh, his family and uh, he really was a, a giant of the GAA in this part of the county and in the county in general and uh, so many years service uh, it really was extraordinary a lifetime of service really to the GAA anyway let's we'll come back to that in due course and uh, rest easy Michael we will first of all start off with the Bordeline Ross Grey Munster Club Intermediate Hurling Championship Final as I said it finished Mona Lean 122 Ross Grey 18 points Lest hear from Liam England who was the Ross Grey manager who in fairness in his post-match interview with Paul Carroll really had no complaints about the result No qualms Morris I think Mona Lean were a better team there's no doubt about it I think uh, probably a um, little bit different in terms of physicality I'd say in terms of the rest and sea plan and stuff like that are probably a little bit further down the road that we might be um, and that was probably for me the main difference but no listen we knew coming down it I thought the bookies had us today, whatever it was, one to three or something like that. But this, for me, was always going to be a 50 50 battle. Uh, they're county champions in Limerick, they're coming with strong underage teams for the last couple of years. Like, so, it's, yeah, it, it's yeah, disappointing, but I think uh, best team won on the day. And did you feel you didn't maybe perform up to the levels you'd seen previously, or was it a fact of maybe the way Monoline set up? Or yeah, a, combi- a combi- combination of both, I think, to be fair. Listen, it wasn't our, our best performance of the season. Uh, we thought we were building towards our best performance, but it didn't happen today but I think yeah you think you have to give Mona Lean credit for that they came in they crowded out that middle they were full of physicality around that middle eight and getting, didn't give our lads a sniff normally during the year I think we were working the ball well and, fine, and breaking lines and stuff like that but they were just there like a roadblock and they were excellent 
be fair. And going in at half time, you're the, you're the point down. Um, and we spoke about during the week about your third quarter has been great the last while. Were you kind of expecting maybe a kick, maybe you got three points in the in the end in that third quarter? Yeah, and I, I would have said to you then, Paul, it's not something we plan for anything like that. that yeah. we, we make a push. It's very hard to plan for something like that. to make a push in, in, in that quarter three. Like, But um, no, listen, we did. We came in at half time a point down and we were full of expectation to say, listen, we're going to kick on now in the second half. Like, um, But to be fair, it was more lean. Uh, kind of twisted that on us and they had the best uh, quarter three and that was probably the difference in the game uh, I think as the game went on further we did um, come into the game a lot more we had to go for goals and that could probably kill us a little bit but yeah the kind of that Q3 that we've been going well in the last couple of games kind of turned on turned on its head today and uh, yeah it was Mon Lean that got the upside there Yeah and even I was saying with Dennis Kelly on commentary there was a lot of times where in the second half in that third quarter you get a point and I was like right here we go and then the puck out will go long and they might win a free or they'd get the next possession but you couldn't just get the momentum yeah going and the isn't, isn't that again you have to give Mon Lean credit for that and isn't that a sign of a good team that they are like that they we we got that point or two and they were able to come back and get the point on the other side and, and, and able to keep that gap that they created in the first 10 minutes in the second half like so yeah no, no crimes this side but overall I suppose for the year that the main goal would have been to get back up to, to senior I know right now you're, you're, you're not thinking of that but that's the goal I suppose and going forward you're, you're it was, yeah. Listen, no doubt about it. Our, our number one objective this year was to get up senior and we achieved that. Achieved that. But uh, we did want to dream and we spoke a lot about Crow Park and stuff like that. And I think in sport, you have to do that. And, and these kind of opportunities only come, come along once in a lifetime. And uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we, we lived that dream for a while, but that dream is, is now over and we'll have to create a new dream for 2023. That's Liam England speaking after Ross Gray's uh, Munster Club final defeat to Mona Lean yesterday um, Dennis Kelly was on analysis duty for Tip FM he's on the line hi Dennis hi Ron good I suppose uh, he you know Liam summed it up pretty well there when he talked about what he, the third quarter if you like the start of the second half which really was where this match was won yeah exactly look it was we were expecting maybe a kick from Ross Gray yesterday in that in that quarter and it didn't happen uh, instead it was Mona Lean who took off and you know they really they hit four or five unanswered points there and they you know they really kicked into gear at that stage. And it was hard to see Ross Ray coming back after that. You know, that was the it was a big uh, turnaround there after after half time. And you know, as 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 they as mentioned, you know, they couldn't really find any momentum in the game. Physically, I suppose, they were a little bit out muscles and you know, conditions this time of the year probably suited Bonely that little bit more because Ross Gray have lovely, lovely hurlers, but some of them are are light and you know conditions were sticky yesterday and you know con- temperatures were low and it was it, they just couldn't get momentum or get into the game as, as you know as they'd have liked. And they struggled to score from play as well. I think there was only one point from play in the 28 minutes after half time. Yeah, that was it. You know they were it was it was uh, they were dependent on Luke Cash and I suppose he he stepped up there with 11 points nine of those were from freeze though but Connor Sheedy and Evan Fitz dropped in with three each but you know they were, they were lacking that um, maybe you know definitely Sam Conlon he had been a, a fierce uh, thorn in, in the in, uh, team side there in the Munster campaign but he his uh, threat was quelled a little bit in, in front of the goals and then Shane Fletcher I suppose he's been the real um, maestro there pulling the strings all through the championship in tip and outside and you know I think one lead had a a game plan to put him out of the game, and they just everywhere he went, there was someone beside him, and you know that was a, that was a big that was a big threat shut down from their point of view. Do you think Owen Brislan had probably done his work on Ross Gray? Yeah, I suppose the local the bit of local information was was uh, a filter yeah, yeah. uh, You know, he was with Owen. Oh, he been with two for two years there, 
and they'd be seen in Australia regularly, you know. So it was definitely a, a big help, I'd say. Whereas on the other side, like nobody really knew much about Mon Lean, I'd say, from even Ross Gray's point of view. Mark DeWire, all right, had been mentioned before the game and uh, Donnie Darling, but Marco DeWire really, he did the, the serious damage yesterday, like, you know, was it 15 points he scored at 11 from freeze and that was, he did it, the untold damage there in that second half especially and I think I, I read a stat today that, you know, they had seven wides in the first 12 minutes but they only had one more uh, from from that on, you know, so they, they really found their shooting boots there after a slow start and, and that was the difference. The first half in fairness to Ross Gray was pretty you know, nip and tuck. I mean, there were even many, many times throughout that first half. Mon Lean just going in a single point ahead in the sec at half time. Yeah, no, you'd have to be. You know, it was it was nip and tuck. Both teams were nervous starting off. Uh, neither of them started with much fluency, and it was it took maybe six minutes, five or six minutes to get a score on the board. You know, so no, there was not well, not much in it. And like as you know, historically, Ross Gray have come good in that third mm. quarter, so we were expecting a kick. But it was it was one lead who got that, and you know to be fair to him, Ross Gray they tried their hearts out, and and that you know they they were doing everything in their power to get into that game, but you know they might get a score, and then the next thing a free from one lead, uh, or you know maybe a throw ball or pick off the ground, small little things that just you know, it can't, couldn't you, build momentum like yeah that was it they couldn't they couldn't build any momentum they get a good score and then they'd be just a free in front of the goals for something silly, and you know it was one of those days where you just you had a feeling this wasn't going to be their day you know early in that second half yeah no it, it, it's I suppose disappointing I get the impression though that Monaline at the start of this year much like Ross Gray were committed to one goal only and that was to get out of the intermediate grade in Limerick because this is a team that was senior in Limerick for many many years and I suppose they brought in Brislan as well to try and put their house in order so there's parallels I think between the two clubs in that respect no definitely you know like uh, Paul was talking yesterday he spoke to Owen and, and you know they, they have a big plan down there they want to be the next Pearson down in Limerick. So, Good luck you know, with that. They, yeah, exactly. That's a bit away. But at the same time, I suppose you have to start somewhere and, yeah. and a Munster Championship was nice, a nice fill-up for them. But, you know, I, looking back at Ross Gray's year, like they've had a fabulous year, you know, winning that county final and, and you know, the, Cork to put them to the pin of the collar. But, mm. like, they really have a lovely, lovely side there, you know. They're backbone by, by older stagers there, but they're really good experience and, the forward line, like, you know, a lot of teams in, in Tip and Dan Breen would, would kill for some of the forwards they have there, you know. So there'll be a real threat going forward next year. And as long as they, they don't kind of uh, lick their wounds for too long and get their, their house in order again, they should be a real threat uh, next year in the Dan Breen. I thought Liam gave us an insight into the psychology of sport a little bit there when he kind of said, you know, goal settings is such an important part of a team at the start of any year. And he's going to have to, like, they've, they've climbed their Everest this year and now he has to make sure that there is a, a goal for them at the start of the coming year to ensure that, you know, that there isn't a, a contamination from this final defeat into January, February. Yeah, exactly, because look, at they've won the North under-19 title this year as well. You know, they've had a really good year and some of them lads now will hope to be pushing, I suppose, for places on next year's senior team. And, you know, their target probably should be should be qualifying for the last eight of the of the Dan Breen, really, you know, going on, on, on the year they've had. And, and they have nice talent coming through. And, you know, the likes of Kenny Lee and, and, and these guys, Jason Gilmerton, coming off the bench for them and, and helping them as well. And you have Dara Tyne in there, Brother, brother of Alan there, he had a fine game yesterday. And, you know, you have Shane Davis, the real 
outside cornerback and your goalie Darren Ryan has had a super year you know so they have a real good yeah. backbone to their team and, and there's no fear of them going forward as long as they just you know get back get, get, get back start listening to Lee again like Lee and his management team have done serious work there and you know they really did well and it's great to see a town like Ross Gray and uh, you know the, the reception even they got last night I see it online there uh, you know they're a losing team coming back from Munster final and they were clapped down the street that's what you want that's what sport is all about uh, you yeah. know, at the end of the day I mean you know you got to remember they're former All-Ireland senior club champions back in the day as well so uh, did they win the first one maybe not the first one but one of the early 70s and they win a, an All-Ireland yeah, club yeah they definitely did yeah yeah, yeah, 71 yeah maybe the so. First yeah, yeah. Uh, so we look this is a team with pedigree we look forward to watching them next year just one small thing a couple of have come in in relation to a tackle that required a, a Ross Gray player to get three minutes of attention removed from the pitch a lot of people disappointed that there wasn't a straight red given for that I don't know did you get good sight of it yeah we had a real good sight of it there now you look just looking at it it was a, it was a big hit uh, in, in I suppose the defence of of the chapter that I think it was um, was it David Maloney that, from Moline uh, it was it was Michael Campion got the hit and he turned in he turned in, you know, aggressively to go forward with his ball, and and, and David Maloney happened to be there. Maybe there was a small bit of intent. We didn't see the intent in it now from where we were, which who knows. But at the same time, the referee, uh, he didn't even blow a free for it, so that was unusual. But uh, I think Colin Lyons was doing the line at that side, and he's well experienced uh, from Cork there, mm-hmm. and he called he called it, and I think the yellow card was was duly given. But you know, it could have been a red on a different day. Yeah, and, it, and maybe the referee didn't have sight of it. You always have to, you know, if he didn't blow yeah, first time, he, he definitely he definitely didn't he didn't blow a free yeah. when it happened. So he kind of incensed the Ross Gray crowd a bit because there was little things going against him, and when you're when you're gasping for air or oxygen at that stage, you'll take anything. But you know, he definitely. I'd say there was a few little decisions that went against them. Nothing major, but when you're when you're struggling, you need them all to go your way. In fairness to those texts that have come in, I would have to say they all prefaced their comments by saying the best team won on the day, but and that yeah. the but comes then. But that, that's fair enough. I think we've dealt with that. I, I must ask you before we go off, before we say good luck to you, um, put on your camogie hat for a minute. Big weekend coming up for Drum and Inch. Big weekend, therefore, for Tipperary Camogie. Oh, that's it. Look at the whole Tiberia behind Robin Inch this weekend. You know, it's a great chance to get to an All-Ireland final. I think they're on Saturday up in Ashbourne there. The whole of Tip will be shouting for them. So, you know, they've uh, they've uh, prepared very well and just been, you know, in contact with a few of their players there and they're, they're raring to go now. So it's a great chance to get to get to the big, you know, the big final there and, and it's uh, probably one of the best chance they might get, you know, at this stage. They have a nice blend there now with the, with the, maybe the experience coming off the bench and, and starting some of the younger players. So, you know, they'll be they'll be licking their lips at the thoughts of this. So hopefully things go well for them on Saturday. It'd be great to see them get into an All-Ireland final at this stage. To, to even say that you're an hour away from an All-Ireland final is a massive thing for any club player. Oh, it's, it's hard to believe, like, you know. There's uh, lots of people just, played club GA for many, many years and never came within an hour of it. Yeah, that's it. And you like, like the likes of Michelle Short, Joanne Ryan there, they've been playing for umpteen years. And, you know, they're finally close to getting a chance to play in another in club final. So, you know, look at the Kent. They can't look past this one on, 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 on Sunday or Saturday. It's going to be a really big test. But uh, if they can get over that, you know, it'll be, it'll be some lift for the whole place. And, you know, ah, yeah, I see they seem to be preparing well. They had good good fun over the weekend, bringing their gear, gear to training in different uh, in different uh, objects and that so they're, they're, they're having to crack as well That's in important. the build up you, you need that as well absolutely yeah absolutely look uh, Dennis thanks for everything over the course of the year we'll talk to you I'm sure no doubt in 2023 
Thanks very much, Ronan. Take care. Dennis Kelly with his thoughts on the Moanlene Ross Grey match. Just before we go off this, let's hear from Owen Brislan, who uh, is of the tip Tumivara parish that you know well, but he's also the manager of Moanlene, and he spoke to Paul Carroll at the full time whistle and did say that he had a bit of inside knowledge on his Ross Grey neighbours. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I had the advantage there of knowing Ross Gray and uh, seeing him over, seeing him all grow up. Under, unfortunately, underage, they would have beaten us a good bit underage in the last few years, and they have a serious talent of players. But I suppose what people don't know in Tipperary is that, and I didn't know until I went into Moline, is there's an incredible crop inside there, inside Moline. Like Roland Lyons there, American Georgie today. Roland Lyons is a two time All Star cornerback for Limerick, right? Minor. Uh, Joe Fitz, middle of the field, gone All Star, minor, cornerback as well. Larkin Lyons, uh, Ireland winner in 18. Angela Touch Cosgrove, uh, minor, 21, under 20, under 25, senior All-Ireland winner. Like, I could go through to Ed Dial, Dave Maloney, Bromwell Sub, all the way up along underage. Like, I could go, stay going through the team. There, there, there's there's, uh, there's going to be four of that team underage, uh, under 20s next year. Just, just an incredible bunch. And, like, and it, it's, it's not stopping. If there's three minors to come through for next year on the, on, on, on the, on the bus today, they're, they're just, and I didn't realise it going in, they've they just huge, huge talent and huge, huge will to win. And uh, they need to be because like we I knew and the boys knew Ross Gray like they were, they were really on top form and if you if we had to give Ross Gray an inch we were in trouble today and uh, in fairness our boys just stuck really into him and, and said and like come here listen as well as the scoreboard flattered us 100 it but like in saying that uh, like we're we're just we're just delighted the way the way the boys performed you know and it was a it was a big performance nearly from all your team but Mark O'Dwyer coming away with 15 points was really really prolific I don't think he missed a free nearly today he was on form yeah Mark yeah we started off nervous enough in the first five or ten minutes we had no score there for five minutes and we had a few eyes and it looked like it, like it was just pure nerves and it looked like that we were going to be a bit rattled you know because the occasion but in fairness when we settled in I just knew at half time going in we were a pint up and we had so much possession we were we like we, we, had, we had way more shots of goal so I was quite happy at half time uh, I felt that Ross Gray in the pre- five minutes before half time uh, is when they're dangerous and also the five minutes after half time and I felt we had to, we had the measure of them our backs were kind of on top my man of the match today was Simon Griffin he was sub out there for the last, number, last three or four matches came back in today to do a man-marking job we played four cornerbacks really in our backs today to do a man-marking job that's mm. the way we, we wanted to we, 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 we pinpointed lads we wanted to man-marking in fairness like he, he did a job marking Luke and Luke has been like one eight last day and he did an excellent job him today like he's a super rare Luke Hashin, like you know yeah yeah. your backs kept their, their forwards awful quiet you, you had a good kind of game plan set up and there was real kind of intensity about your players from, from the get-go yeah and that's the one thing that we, we introduced the start of the year was kind of um, a proper setup, and we we worked on all year, and, and and lucky for us, a lot of the teams in Limerick were playing sweepers and that, so it suited us today again because we were used to it. We we're kind of used to that setup. As they went, once we settled that for ten minutes, uh, we were fairly we were fairly in control. We just needed to we, we just needed to tap the ball over the bar and get get a few scores, you know. And going forward, All Ireland semi final, uh, I think is a trim and Bray Emmons, yeah. I think ahead, yeah. and one step away from Crow Park. One step away from Crow Park, but the one thing about us this year is, as I said to you uh, during the week, this wasn't on our radar at all, and we're literally taking this one game at a time and we're like we're really enjoying the whole journey and like we just said the other night we, we trained in Dallas the other night and uh, we just said listen we just want to keep the journey going and lads are really enjoying it and as I said I, I spoke to the Ross Grey lads there too like the people must realise that like Ross Grey for getting to a Munster final like they should not be down here they're a team that if I said to them aside if they, if they were talked out against Killer One two or three weeks ago whenever it was they would rattle Killer One inside in Turles because they have forwards and they'll get better and they'll improve like they'll get back up and 
from our point of view from Moline next year is it really is it's it's getting back up to the senior and 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 staying up and 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 and, and put your best foot forward next year. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, listen, all Ireland semi final in a couple of weeks' time isn't it great? I don't know. I don't know much about Bray Emmett. I don't know much about Trim. We'll go see him next weekend and we'll take it from there. And see what happens. That's Owen Brislan speaking to Paul Carroll in Porky Rin after that match over the weekend where Mona Lean defeated Ross Gray. One texter says, for your information, Daryl Ryan, the Ross Gray goalkeeper, is a grandson of the winning Ross Gray All-Ireland team captain, Donny Maloney. Thank you indeed for that, Texter, for the lineage, familial lineage. Let's take a break. We'll have Tim Floyd. You're welcome back. Don't forget our text number is 083 311 Good evening, Tim Floyd. How are you? Good evening, Ronald. Uh, this is your convention is on this Sunday and we'll come to that in a second before we do sad news over the weekend about Michael O'Mara I don't know how many years he was South Board Secretary for but it seemed like a long long time yeah it's even nearly 30 years as South Board Secretary I think around 1970 he went after Jerry O'Keefe I think mm. and was there till the turn of the century in 2000 so that was about 30 years I mean you don't get service like that anymore you know it's extraordinary lifetime oh, Amazing, yeah. So, I mean, look look back. My, one of my predecessors, Tommy Barrett, was 36 or yes. 37 years. So maybe my, my span is short in comparison to all of those. Yes, well, I know uh, we wish, and again, condolences to, to the family. We, we've we a lot to talk about in relation to the convention. Can I talk about motions for a second? Because there's some really interesting ones, if you ask me. One that got a lot of national attention was the one from Drum and Inch in relation to drug testing. It's an interesting one. One, yeah, and I'm not sure. Uh, would I totally agree with it? You know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the issues that exist around drug, drug testing at inter-county level. If you bring that back into club level, I, I, it should be, be very, very hard to manage it. You know, and um, is there enough testers? Like, does Sport Ireland have sufficient? Who, who on, upon whom would the onus be to do the testing? Well, sure. I mean, for the inter-county, it's it's Sporting uh, Ireland is yeah. there as their responsibility and they just arrive on site but I mean can you imagine that happening all over the country with at, uh, club games in every county I mean I, I understand the, the, the aspiration behind it but the practicalities of it they're just I don't know if there's funding for it and secondly is there sufficient bodies to do that amount of testing and also the facilities because presumably at inter-county level if a player is is asked for drug testing um, they're taken to us they're taken to a, a different part of the dressing room or somewhere for that to take place. Yeah, but I suppose, I suppose really what Truman Inch are trying to do is have the threat hanging over lines that this could possibly happen, that you could have a random test. I mean, that's the way it works in inter-county. You don't have tests every day you go out in inter-county hall. I mean, we, we might have one or two a year. Mm. Uh, you might go through a year, there might be none. I can't recall any this year, to be honest with you, but uh, it's, the farther you go, I suppose it, there's a more likelihood that it'll, it'll arrive if you're going to allow the final yeah. or amongst the finals so you know if you had this hang over your head that this could possibly happen someday and it might put lads on guard you know? yeah absolutely anyway one that I raised a wry smile with me came in from Cashel King Cormacks in relation to reverting back to under 18 for minor under 21 to replace under 17 and under 20 for divisional and county championships yeah which that's a hot potato for it is a couple of years and the same with you know the whole age grades thing is going to come up for discussion again at Congress uh, now, whether we are premature or not in, in, in preempting what's going to happen in Congress, but uh, it, it, there's a strong push to get minor back to under 18, and there's a strong push to get back to the even grades. And then what happens after under 18 then is, is up for grabs as well as whether it's 19, 20, or 21. And so there's a lot of debate to happen on that over the next couple of months, and which will culminate at Congress in February. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. it, it again, the debate will be interesting, but maybe the fact that it's going to come up with Congress, does that give you an opportunity to kick that can down the road? No, well, you see, I suppose, no matter what happens, the Congress won't come in until 2024 anyway, I'd say. So, mm-hmm. and I'd say, I'm not so sure if we can preempt anything that's going to happen in Congress. But look, it'll be, it'll be a discussion that's worth listening to anyway. Judging by the motions for Congress, it looks like Burgess aren't big fans of the penalty shootout. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm not so sure whether I mean that's the changer I think uh, Nina have one as well there as was Conor O'Donovan's crusade about the hand pass yeah I saw actually I was coming to that because you know to in order to definitively eliminate ball throwing from the sport Nina Oak have put forward a motion to state that it is a foul to either hand pass the ball or palm the ball directly from the same hand that is holding the ball and Conor in fairness to him has been consistent on that that in order for it to be enforceable you're going to have to use a different hand that's correct. I know there's a lot of merit in what he's saying, especially when you see a lot of the hand passing in, in recent years. But I'm afraid I, I, I say Connor's uh, uh, motion could fall foul, really, because it's only in years of vision by five that rules can be changed or rules can be motions for rule changes can happen. And probably the same may happen with the Burgess one. Okay. Uh, I mean, your report is, is lengthy. Um, Tim, I won't go into in great detail, but when you sat down to write it, knowing it was going to be your final one, uh, was that a relief or was that just a mixed emotion for you? Well, it was a relief yesterday when I finished it. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> when, when the button was pressed today and I was going to print yeah. and because, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a it's a drudge really every year getting down to this and it's trying to find time to do it is the biggest problem. So, I mean, for me, I get up at six o'clock in the morning just to, for, for a whole month to try, to try and do it because it's impossible to concentrate and things like that during the day but so many things happening. So you you just work on it until you're you're through it and uh, and thanks to God it's it's gone to print now anyway so let's let uh, whatever happens after this. I'm tempted more so to look about look at all the years rather than this year in particular. But I think if you're talking about reviewing 2022 in any sort of sense of um, do it any justice, you've got to start with the Dylan Cork tragedy, which cast such a a pall over Tipperary GA and I think that sporting work, county and probably the country I think everyone was affected by it oh yeah it was the most devastating thing that could happen any club or any family I suppose more than anything else and even a county but uh, such a lovely fella and such mm-hmm. a you know and very popular the dress known very popular with everybody and just you know it's supposed to happen to anyone it's a, it's a devastating blow and and uh, I don't think something we'll ever forget mm-hmm. and and the manner of it where, where it happened and when it happened um, is something that will linger a long time but look we all hope that you're resting peace Absolutely and I think not that there's positives to come from it but like you see the the network of clubs and how they rallied round and I suppose the closeness that developed between Kilroan and Clonelty as a result of that there's a lot of um, it just brings back I think what a unique uh, association we have. Ah, yeah, but you can see that always, even at local funerals, the way the, the GA clubs rally around people, and you know, with, uh, you know, with the whole traffic situation, and, and uh, the GA club is the most prominent club you could have in a parish. Really, windows with a tragedy, yeah. windows any any uh, situation like that. If I can take you back to your first job as county board secretary when you were installed in two thousand and six, did you realise then? how good that minor team was in the fact that they won back-to-back minor titles. And I don't need to tell people the names that were on that minor hurling team because everyone knows just how good they were. Liam Sheedy was over them and they backboned the senior team and went on to win multiple All-Ireland seniors themselves. Did, did you have a sense that you were on the cusp of greatness? Uh, 
the team was? Well, listen, any time you win two minor titles in a row, it has to be a start of something big. Now, you know, and when when you saw it coming through again in under 21 in 2010 with a lot of the same players, uh, you know, it's ironic that actually Liam Cahill was a selector with Declan Ryan in the 2007, along with Tommy Dunn. So it, it was a fantastic... I mean, when I came in in 2006... My predecessor, Michael O'Brien, he had said the first job you have to do now, he says, is organise the minor medal presentation at the end of 2006. And it's ironic, the year that I'm going out, the last function I had to do was another medal presentation that with, with a total of five minor titles during the reign. So it's, minors have been, it's really a great signal for what's going to come afterwards. And I think we've proved that both in minor, in, in hurling and football. I mean, the minor football win in 2011 is one of, one of my favourite years. Uh, and we saw what came out of that with the players yeah. and it followed up with under 21 in 2015 wasn't it 15 yeah against that Lutheran, yeah. I mean that that was the launching pad for football for the last 10, 10 years in the county so yeah good minor teams is, is essential and I think what we've seen this year winning the minor again we hope to be the start of great things and look we were in the Munster under 20 final as well this year yeah so, absolutely you know, we're in a strong place as far as I'm concerned going forward and, and you know to have the people to manage it and we're fortunate we have good people now you know with with Liam with uh, Brendan Cummins there carrying on the great work of James Woodlock and then Liam Cahill coming in at senior level so we're in a strong place in hurling uh, hopefully football we can start building as well I mean our minors winning with Al Darcy this year was a good launching pad and you know the success of our under under twenty one footballers last year, under twenty footballers last year, where they won what three matches I think in a row right. before being beaten. So you know, just good times ahead if we if they can manage it right. Did you ever have a year with no cup? In yes, your... <laughs> <laughs> one I think. If I'm, if if if, if I'm right, you only ever had one year with no cup. Twenty twenty one, yeah. It's not, maybe, maybe maybe that's what kept me the notion. It's time to go now. <laughs> maybe I was maybe I was being too lucky every year that these cups were rolling in. But no, look, there was a fantastic variation of cups. It wasn't just all hurling. There was yeah. great football years as well. And um, you know, some like some when you know, there was one year with six cups uh, between uh, between monsters and everything. You know, so it was fantastic years. Great memories. Do you think it's a more lean? Uh, set up now than when you joined it in 2006 is it more uh, fit for purpose more efficient in what way now just the way it's run the way that decisions can be made the way that um, clubs have their voice but that that debate doesn't analysis doesn't lead to paralysis what I mean by that is that you, you actually get the job done without having to continuously go back to county board meetings yeah, well, I suppose, look, at them. I mean, the rules still say you have to go back and get things approved at county board meetings. And look, I mean, a county board meeting where you have 72 clubs plus uh, delegates plus further probably 20 or 25, that, you know, you only have 100 people that have a county board meeting if they all turned up. So that's very unwieldy. And, you know, just like a question was asked, uh, I think when Liam Cahill was approved there as a senior manager, I think one of the delegates asked the question, why are we approving it? Isn't it on the papers for the last couple of weeks that, this managed manager, you know. So you'd kind of say the question, is it sufficient for a county management committee to, to approve a lot of these things? But then you say, that rules out to say the clubs that have. So, I mean, it's vital the clubs have a say. And probably going back to the years when I was young, that there was four delegates from each division, I think, and the county board. Uh, I don't know whether that was better or worse. I'm not sure. 
Good point. Just to, before, I mean, you mentioned 2011 minor has been one of the highlights. Um, any low points in your years? There's loads of low points when you lose, you know. I mean, uh, uh, it's just to gall me looking up at Kilkenny, collecting all those cups, sending down the field after they've beaten Tipperary. You know, and they were they were low years and you lose. Uh, losing an All-Ireland final is low as you can go because you have everything arranged to win. Was nine the worst? Oh, nine. Well, it probably, you know, but you see, I suppose that stage, we hadn't been in one in a while and, we, 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 you know, it was, it was great to get to a final it was the way we lost it, I suppose, really, you know, with the, with the Shefflin penalty and the, the goal following it up. Uh, as, uh, you know, I mean, once once we got into a, a routine of winning and then when you start losing, it's, it's terrible. You know, it's it's great getting to finals, but it's terrible losing them. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there were some great doubles as well. I think at 16, we won minor and senior. 19, we won under 20 and senior. Like, those were great days, great homecomings. You know, we go back to Semple Stadium, play thronged with thousands of people. Yeah, I suppose that 16 was even more special the fact you got to the All-Ireland Senior Football semi-final. Correct. I mean, that was a massive year when you look back in it, you know. Uh, um, but I mean, it was a, the 20 then was a sort of a, was it, no, was it, no, the 19 was a sort of a replica of the 2010 when you won the, yes. the under-20 couple of days after winning the senior. So, But I suppose it was the year when you win both we won the in sixteen. We won the minor hurling and the senior hurling on the same day in Crow Park. That was that was very special. Yeah, no doubt. Look, I've uh, I I could talk to you for ages, Tim. I, I wish you well in your retirement. I know you're going to be a busy man because fellas like you don't uh, go quietly into the night. So uh, listen, many congratulations on your years of service. Congratulations on your report for this year. And uh, it's too early for me to say happy retirement to you because you're not gone yet. But look, I'm sure our paths will cross in the future. And I wish you the very very best and happy Christmas to you and everyone up in Newport. Many happy returns, Warren. Thanks very much for everything. Not at all. Take care of yourself, Tim. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tim Floyd, outgoing County Secretary at his last county convention. Just before I leave GA for tonight, Shamie Mullins, who's the chairman of the South Board, is on the line. Good evening to you, Shamie. Good evening, Rowan. Uh, very sad news about Michael uh, reached us over the course of the weekend. Um, I it was, it was hard for me to imagine a South Board without Michael O'Mara on it. Yeah, very much so. I mean, he came in as secretary in uh, 1971 up to 2000, nearly 30 years. And of course, back at that time, there was no mobile phones or or, or, or that, like, you know, or email. No email, yeah. No email or anything like that. Michael didn't even drive. Okay. And he was probably one of the most efficient secretaries, definitely in self-board, if not in the country. You know, he, 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 was, he was brilliant right up to 2000. And after that leave, and then he went and wrote the the South Tipperary um, history. history from 1907 to 2007, you know? Yeah. A book of nearly 780 pages, you know? I, I, I mean, he did such great service and even in small things like organising Michael Hogan commemorations back when, you know... Yeah. I mean, not a, was, you know, I can understand why Grange Moker Bally Neil got on to me tonight to pay tribute to him because he was instrumental in, in organising an awful lot of those over years and years and years. Anything that to do with the GA and things even outside of the GA. I mean, he was the most wicked, efficient man, like, you know. And, like, of course, to be fair, every time you saw Michael, Nora was with him. And, of course, without Nora, he wouldn't have been able to do as much as he could, you know. I think that's a fair so comment, yeah. It's, it's really, really sad, you know. And we had our AGM last night, and we were just talking about him a little bit. We know, like, he was dead this morning, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So to Salt and Nora, Vincent and Grace and the rest of the family, to, on behalf of myself and the South Board, we extend our sincere sympathy to him. You know, he'll yeah. be sadly missed. Absolutely, and uh, he was uh, on the airwaves on this station for many, many, yeah, many years Yeah, he's in well. Noella going there and, and all the information, all the fixture changes, the whole lot. When I was secretary, I'd always ring him and he'd put him out, you know. Yeah. He was very, very efficient, man, yeah, you know. Listen, really she... Leaves a void, no te- no two ways yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaby, yeah. many, many thanks for that tribute. Thanks I indeed. appreciate it. Thank you very much indeed. Thank Not at all. That's uh, Shaby Mullins, chairman of the South Board, with a tribute to the late Michael O'Mara. We'll take a commercial break. Back in a second. Extra time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Hart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out lahart.ie for their latest offers. It doesn't take a lot. Hey, very welcome back to Extra Time. Uh, or don't forget our text number, 083-311-3311. We're going to turn our attention to rugby next. John Long of Nina Ormond joins me on the line. Good evening to you, John. Hi, Ron. How are you doing? Very well. Uh, a sense, perhaps, of one that got away from you this weekend because you went and played Leaders Blackrock College and you were 14-5 up at one stage. Unfortunately, didn't end up the way you wanted it to. No, um, felt a bit like uh, deja vu, unfortunately. A few weeks before in uh, Old Crescent, we took a good lead and just let it slip in, sec- in the second half. I mean, it was what seven? Was it? Um, yeah, it was half time. It was fourteen five to um, you fourteen nil at half time. Fourteen nil. Um, my apologies, Kevin O'Flaherty with a trophy. Yeah, yeah. So look, did did a really really good first half and really dominated the game and just kind of took the foot off the pedal in the second half and let them back into it and. They got momentum then, and it was hard to keep them out. Yeah, I mean they're leaders for a reason in that regard. I mean it, that doesn't curtail a promotion push, and is that still the objective? Oh no, you know we're still very much on track, and still still feel we're definitely being the top four for playoffs. Um, really, really good team there, and and they're doing really good things. There's been a lot of, I suppose, changes around the structure and gameplay, and 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 they're still adapting to it. Uh, so I think a bit of fine tuning is still going on, and and and. Overall, playing very well, very good rugby. It's a different Nina this year. Um, is it explicable as to what you know? Why the mix is a little different, or is it a mix that's different, or is it just an approach that's different, or what? No, it's both just building for the last couple of years. I mean, it, it, I think every club goes through a kind of a transition when guys retire and move on, or whatever, and and it takes a while to get back back on track. And I suppose over the last couple of years, it's just been building up, and it's. It, it, taking place in the pitch now it's working it helps when you're feeding up from underage not always you've got to give them a few years of course to adapt to senior rugby exactly it's a huge step for, huge. for younger guys to come in you know it's um, the gap between under 18s and adult rugby is massive and we've we've been lucky that such a good underage structure in Nina that they're always feeding a couple in every year and, and they're just getting better with experience I mean, uh, it's been a while, much to my regret, it's been a while since I was up in Lissatoni to have uh, what you play. Saturday rugby doesn't suit me so much as the Sunday used yeah. to back in the old day. Um, crowds, I mean, like you always had such a strong community support there in Nina. I mean, people might see it as a bit of a hurling town, it's anything but, because uh, you always had such good crowds. Is that yeah. always held up for you? Yeah, huge. And uh, I suppose last week um, against Crescent, uh, it was the first time I kind of heard the players mention the crowd and they, they really felt the crowd and, and they, they drove them on for the last 20 minutes that got the win got the win out of them in the end. But 
think the support in Nina is unbelievable from sponsors to supporters. It's um, we would, been, couldn't yeah. do it without him. No, not at all. Cashel, uh, they were second going into the weekend. They slipped down to third. They had a big thriller against Queens. They lost 38 31. They were a strong side, Cashel, always every year, aren't they? They're a great team, great, great um, squad, and very hard team to play against. Um, was up in Queens, her last, it's a very hard place to go. Particularly and, um, when they went in at half time 28 12 down, so that's a hell of a second half from them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a strong outfit and they're, they're just ruthless, they're a good team. Yeah, well, again, it's maybe you could have two Tipperary teams in the top four, time will tell. And just before I go off AIL, Carmel moved up to fourth in 2C. They had a good away win at Brough. Uh, I didn't tell you how hard it is to go to Brough and win. God be with the days back in junior rugby, if you remember. That's right, they were always a, a, hard, a hard place to travel to. You always uh, seem to have great be. battles against Brough back in the day. Yeah, it feels like a long time ago now, but there were, uh, there were some of the big games. Yeah, no doubt about it. Anyway, uh, listen, we wish you well. Uh, it's always good to touch base with what's happening up in Lissatoni and see how Nina Ormond are going, John. Many thanks for your time tonight. Thanks, Ron. Not at all. John Long with news of what's happening up in Nina. That's a, a disappointment for them, uh, having led for so long in that game um, up against the leaders, Blackrock College and then Queens. So the two Tipperary teams in Division 2A really were up against the two top teams. But again, it's about getting into the top four. And who's to say we won't have two tip teams in that top four? Let's go to soccer. Barry Ryan's on the line. How are you, Barry? Hi, Ronan. How are you? Very well. Um, St. Michael's march on into an FAI. Yeah, look, they do. Um, it's kind of one of those. It raised more questions than answers. Um, home draw to Port Law from 1A, second division in Watford. Um, you know, you're probably looking, to, with all due respect to Port Law, you're thinking it's going to be 4 or 5 nil. And St. Michael's are just kind of struggling for a scratching for a little bit of form at the moment. Um, in the game against Big Villa as well, it never really looked like scoring. Um, and at home on Sunday, struggled to break down Port Law. And Port Law had a penalty uh, five minutes into injury time to take the game to extra time. And Tommy Holland makes a great save. So just not the result you were expecting. Um, but look, they're true. No one will remember it in you know a few weeks' time if they keep progressing in the competition. I always make the point that when Cameltown won the FAI back in '97, I think it was '94. '94. God, yeah, there was way. I'm putting years on them. Yeah, um, like they had an opening game out in Ballyduff or somewhere in West Waterford and I scraped through on penalties I think and uh, yeah. nobody remembered that when they lifted the cup year, lot, like they were expected to go down there and steamroll over them so that, that my point is that happens in, in cup football a lot that you have a sticky time yeah you're 100% right and where Swalch actually has made that point a lot of times I think there was a couple of guys I think Turles Town also had a penalty amazing enough to knock Clamont Town out of the FBI that year and put it over the bar So and they had it, a massive battle against Evergreen if I remember down yeah, the showgrounds yeah. Yeah. so and like you said all that's forgotten there they beat New Ross and Cook Park and everyone remembers the final and Billy Lamb and Billy Byrne yeah, and Cyril yeah. Common and so on so yeah you're 100% right they're and, true and that's all that matters and, P- and if you go back over St Michael's successes over cup runs as well they probably had a sticky cup tie on those successes as well, no doubt about it. Like they must have. Yeah, look, yeah. Look, when they finally made the breakthrough and won it, uh, everyone remembers that game against Sheriff over in the bypass where um, Chuck at the fullback comes up and chips the keeper from 25 yards, and they go and win the final. I think four 0 against Ballinanty. You know, yeah. in the semi final was that big moment, whatever that big breakthrough. So no, I totally take your point, yeah. and it's correct. Uh, I suppose it's just they probably themselves would like to have just maybe get that big win and get themselves firing or whatever. But that'll um, come. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I think that's how they'll see it as well. Ed Dwyer has come back um, from injury, and we're probably he- we're heading into a break in another week's time as well. So um, they will probably have a couple of guys back as well for the business end. Peak Villa keep winning, 
It's fair yeah. to say. They had a 1-0 win against Tumal Boris, but I'd say they'd take that. Oh, look, Touch of the banana skin about that after their cup successes. Yeah, and look, they went into it uh, hit by an absolute injury crisis. They lost De McMahon at left full. Um, they lost Alan Lahey at centre-back before the game. Um, they lost Key Cal in the attack. So they were literally down to the bare bones with two wades already out as well. Um, and in the game, looked like it was petered out to a nil-nil draw, really tough derby against Boris. And then the most fortuitous of goals, Mial Foley heads away a ball into the box. It cannons off Robbie Stableton's head. And straight at the goalkeeper, you think he'll just catch it. And he leaves it into the net, thinks it's just a handball. And it's just a, a catalogue of errors. And But it, dare I say it, the kind of win that you think, you know, is it a title winning season? <laughs> They're undefeated in the league. They're still yeah. in the FAI. They're still in the Munster. Yeah, it I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's, and then the funny thing is, you know, you're saying that and you're 100% correct. St. Michael's are also undefeated but, in the and league. And Town are undefeated in the league. Yeah, and do you know who can't buy a win is poor old V Rovers. They went up yeah. to the bypass and lost to Celtic 2-1. Yeah, and look, by all accounts, acquitted themselves well. It's a tight game. Celtic come out the better of, of a three-goal game or whatever. And yeah, look, it's, the gap is just seems to be widened to Bancha and V to everybody else now. Yeah, I mean, B, V, seven games, no wins. It's, it's going to be tough for them. Care Park uh, may have a promotion push in Division 1. Yeah, big win against Peak Philippi, who have been going well with a young team. And on the same day, Tip Town dropping points, or loot like dropping three points. So all of a sudden, it, uh, it brings Tip Town back to the pack um, with Care, And now Care have it in their own hands as do Tip Town. That looks a really exciting uh, title battle. Yeah, very interesting as well. Old Bridge, I always like to see how they're going. Uh, need to stick a couple of wins together though, don't they? Yeah, they do, but they're kind of funny like that. Oldbridge are a side that, look, you mentioned Vida, maybe, you know, seven games, no wins, whatever. Oldbridge are a side beside who can go on a little run where they, they don't pick up any points, but then they can just turn it around out of nowhere in the game that you least expected and all of a sudden pick up some points again. And with commercials being finished playing football, maybe it might be one or two bodies filter in there as well. Okay, many thanks indeed for joining us. Thanks very much. Talk Alan. to you. That's... Uh Barry Ryan with news of local soccer. Just before I go tonight, delighted to announce that the November Sports Star of the Month, Tip FM Sports Star of the Month, in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clamell and John Cork Jewellers in Care, is the Mulnahone Ladies Football Team, who won back-to-back county titles and now have won back-to-back Munster titles and now are in back-to-back All-Ireland finals. An extraordinary achievement from a small parish and a small group of players. They are the winners for November. Ian O'Connor produced. We'll be back with you next Monday night. Good night and good luck. You're